This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters. Welcome to the Always Dream Podcast. It is Valentine's Day. And Brandon, we need to talk about the curse of Brandon's love. Uh, and just one second. My name is Josh. Yeah. And we're with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Yeah, it's funny. Love is a theme with me. I, I just have so much love to give, Josh, that mm-hmm. sometimes it is a problem. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of love, I just mm-hmm. want to take a quick moment to shed some love on Bruno Fernandez and also uh, Neil at the Fantasy Football Scout. He sent out this tweet that I thought was fascinating about Bruno. Neil says, that's a full season's worth, 38 Premier League games for Bruno Fernandez as of uh, Sunday when we're recording. So 38 matches now played for Manchester United for Bruno. How many attacking returns does he have? Wow. Total returns? Yeah. Uh, Let's say 38. 41 FPL attacking returns, averaging 7.8 points per match. Incredible. It it really is. I mean, it kind of Salah Salah needs to step it up, man. But anyway, (laughs) I think there there are lots of things to chew on midway through this um, game week, 24 double game week. Mm -hmm. And I think Bruno, by virtue of him not being in a double, will kind of fall a little bit by the wayside. So I just wanted to shout that out before we get into the meat of it. And let's and, and before we get into the meat of it too, Brandon. I mean, you, I think you do have some apologizing to do because in last week's podcast, you talked about James Justin. You said that you loved him. You said that he is uh, he's your he's your boy. Uh, you're going to follow him, you know, into the darkness, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he is out for maybe the rest of his career. So I ended Brandon, his the, career. <laughs> yeah, the curse the curse of Brandon's love is real, and yeah. uh, now I'm worried about you know who else you may love and sure. curse. It's like you've heard about the Madden curse, like whichever <laughs> NFL player appears on the cover of that year's edition of Madden yeah. um, somehow has a terrible season. Right, right. So, yeah, Justin does his ACL. He's out for the season. And I actually said to some of our supporters, Matt Target is going to fill the Justin shape hole in my life. So mm-hmm. 
I apologize in advance to Matt Target and all the people who depend on Matt Target's paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. Get my suggestion is Target get it insured immediately. Yeah, watch. Yeah, get those knees insured, right, by Lloyd's of London, uh, just <laughs> to be safe. So we are, as you said, midway. You know, I guess we're the what? There's twelve. There are 12 matches in this game week, right? Uh, so we are nine twelfths of the way through, but uh, in some ways it feels like we've got a very long way to go because um, actually we're eight twelfths, excuse me, because there are two matches tomorrow. Uh, but Brandon, if there's one thing you can count on, always, 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 the Always Treating Podcast comes out on Monday mornings and we are sticking to that, although we yeah. are recording a little bit earlier than usual today, so... If we sound a little more sprightly, it's because we're recording right after the at the uh-huh. Everton Fulham match. Uh, about as one sided uh, a like rarely do you see a promoted team play a non promoted team, right? Like a, like an established team in the Premier League and it, yeah. and and run them over quite the way that you know what just happened there was. I mean, credit to Fulham's defense in particular. Josh, well, we Josh did Maya too. Josh Maja is. Um, Maja. I, I mean, I. I think that's a separate conversation, but I talked about this last week. Fulham did exactly the same thing to West Ham last week. Fulham played West Ham off the park. I mean, West Ham kind of didn't show up. So um, make of that what you will. I feel like Fulham had been controlling so many matches, like starting from that Liverpool match that they played in front of fans at Craven Cottage. So the question remains for Fulham, does the introduction of Sunderland till I die season two star Josh Maja suddenly changed the trajectory of their season. I don't know. It just, (laughs) so far, so far, so far. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just got three points on the road. Yeah. Yeah. We were, you know, you and I were looking at the table before this match started, but I mean, they, they do play the team directly above them in the table uh, on Wednesday, right? They play, they play Mm -hmm. Burnley and I, I don't think they have to worry about, um, well, we'll see. But I mean, West Brom quitted themselves well today. But I, I think that it's it feels like it's there's one spot maybe still hanging there. And I, I thought it was I thought Fulham was just going to keep slipping to the bottom. But mm-hmm. after today, it it seems like they might have a chance. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost away to Burnley because it's just going to be a tough fixture. But uh, yeah, and 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 Burnley looked really great against a, a bad Crystal Palace. So Fulham Burnley coming together, it's kind of like two great struggling teams, yeah. two great teams who have struggled coming to meet each other. And two great I, days I, coming together. <laughs> I agree with you though. Like Fulham, Fulham probably do stand that chance over Sheffield United and West Brom because they're the team down there that you do at least feel like they have a vision of who they are. And, um, and, and, and they have of those three teams, the most solidly organized back line. So if anyone's going to survive promotion, it would be down to their defense. So is Josh Maja the solution to Fulham? I would at least argue from a fantasy perspective, what you're seeing happen at Fulham right now, all FPL signs point to Areola to, they're defenders, basically. Yeah. Um, if we have room for them, because they're just there's a heavy competition for for profitable defensive FPL assets right now. Yeah, and I guess I said I said my I guess I was, I mean, I was thinking of Maya Yoshida or something like that. Who knows where where that came from? But um, so we're midway Maya through. Rudolph. Maybe Maya Rudolph. So we're midway through uh, game week twenty four, and you know I don't want to go through the matches too much here. I, I, one thought, Brandon. You know, do we need to release our new on the beach rankings sometime soon? Because I think, <laughs> I think Crystal Palace is officially hashtag on the beach. 
I think that they are now yeah, going to coast the, the last 14 weeks of the season um, and wait till the offseason when presumably they're going to hire Eddie Howe and, 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 you know, and start to reshape their squad a little bit. Maybe, but they're on 29 points right now, having played 24 fixtures. I mean, we're talking about Burnley and Fulham. If, if, if Fulham wins, it beats Burnley on Wednesday. They're at 21 points. They're just eight points behind Palace. And Palace yeah. could yet get – I mean, I, I don't – doubt it. Oddly, obviously, ma- uh, mathematically speaking, but um, there's still a lot of season left to go. But, yeah, now, now what you'll learn about Palace is how much do those players actually enjoy playing for Roy Hodgson's <laughs> coaching staff? So – so far, this yeah, and I, I mean, I, I I think I, they kind of like him, right? I I, I don't know, I don't. I, I, I'm sure I you like Roy, like... but his his assistant coaches who show up wearing yeah. shorts in like 28 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit weather, yeah. just screaming Very... expletives from the uh, Very... the touchline the entire match. Very Ted Lasso. I, I do. I do like that. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I don't want to get too caught up in, in, in Crystal Palace talk here. So I, I you know game week 24, I. You and I kind of took opposite tacks. I, I am just a, I don't know. I was I, I was talking about this before the pod started. I am I'm having a good season. I'm around 30k, you know, overall right now. I was at 18k okay. um, going into this game week, and I am having incredible single game weeks, and I'm having these double game weeks that are just crushing me. And it's you know, it feels like it's just a little bit of. Um, I'm just getting some 50-50s wrong, you know, yeah. uh, just kind of not quite it. I mean, I, I have to say I, I did not, you know, in my planning, uh, I did not expect Ederson to send a 70-yard crossfield pass onto the yeah. boot of Gundogan. Uh, what an incredible goal. Yeah. That was yeah. that was like yeah. Tom Brady to uh, to Gronk for, or something yeah. like that. It was yeah. – the, the, the chemistry was unreal. But So we, we actually met up Friday to have a, an outdoor social distance hang, and yeah. we were talking about, you know, the deadline for Game Week 24, lots of decisions to make with those like cascading doubles. Neither yeah. of us kind of had an idea of what we were going to do with our teams. And then when we parted ways, you went home to come up with an idea. And what I ultimately did with my team was I just did what I what I decided I was going to do, um, you know, at the at the start of my yeah. planning period. Yeah. When so we tell me the pod, that the Patreon <laughs> pod. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I kind of followed through with that. So take me through the rationale for for your yeah. 24 decisions. Well, I, I've talked before about the the curse of two transfers and how I think that having two transfers can actually warp your brain a little bit when it comes to FPL decision making. You, you, it's like you want to go for a home run, right? If you have one transfer, you kind of focus on fixing your weakest link. Maybe you burn four if you need to. But when you've got two transfers, you're like, I can transform my team. You know, it's like a mini wild card. You know, I'm going to burn four. And, a, yeah. and so I just, I had two transfers and I was trying to maximize the double game week players. And, you know, it, you don't want to play the hindsight game too much. Um, I decided I was going to bring in Nick Pope. And even though I, it meant benching Emmy Martinez, I thought, well, Pope, you know, is, he's going to be highly owned, um, mm. captained by some, um, this just, you know, feels like the right move for me. And it also gives me two keepers that will have double game weeks and game week 26. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I, I sort of saw it solving multiple problems for me. And that's why I ultimately went for Pope over Matt Loughton. And, um, 
And I, you know, so I can stand by that decision, you know, and, and, you know, in some ways it was fine. And Pope got eight points and, you know, Martinez got 12. And part of the rationale there was, I just thought, well, you know, Brighton really have their tails up right now. They're playing very well. And I, I think this could be a match, you know, where, where Villa just concede on the road and, and clearly they could have, right. I mean, how many saves did, did Martinez end up making? You make 12 saves in that match. He made nine saves. And nine and saves, right. Not 12, right nine. Some of them were incredible and some of them were just, just catching practice, but right. he was man of the Amazing. match. And Villa Lubbock save incredible. Villa were not at it. And Villa's midfield, Ross Barkley should have been, um, subbed, like at the 55th minute or something, he just yeah. couldn't get on the ball. And that present, that lack of presence in the center of the park for Villa, I thought was crushing them. And um, so, but, but Emmy pulled out all the stops and yeah, he looked great. Yeah. I just want to, you said Matt, you said Matt Loughton and right. um, I just want to put this on the record and then we can move on. There is a, there's a lot of conversation about people getting the 15 pointer from Matt Loughton. And that's just, that's a total um, lull because he's never scored a goal in his club football career. Is that right? Not, um, for, Burn, not for Burnley in the Premier League, at least. I think he scored one for them in the championship like five years yeah. ago. Um, but you have to you you have to accept that FPL managers understand at least simple rules where fullbacks have a greater chance of offensive of attacking returns than center backs. So if you're just taking a basically a one week punt on a Burnley defender, yeah. I think it's totally defensible for all these managers to just you know, just pick Matt Loughton and see what happens. So well, yeah, congratulations don't... to everyone who went <laughs> for Loughton. Yeah. That was a great move. I feel like you like put words in my mouth there. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not speaking on behalf of you. I'm just yeah. kind of like speaking at some of the conversation I was seeing online after that Loughton goal. Yeah. And I just wanted to address it. Now, I don't think that well, you were coming yeah, at I it mean, from that perspective. Totally. I mean, to be honest, that was part of the rationale, though. I was like, well, you know, I mean, Matt Loudon uh, doesn't get a ton of bonus points, has very little attacking threat. Um, And so I, you know, so I I don't think I'm going to miss too much if I go for a Lucas Dean. Right. Lucas Dean can can help you two ways, you know, and they play Fulham at home in one of their matches. And, you know, again, uh, you play the hindsight game and it looks dumb. Right. I mean, he like it literally has cost me a minimum of 14 points so far. And we'll see what happens. you know, we'll see what happens uh, when they when Everton play Man City at home. I'm sure that's going to go great for me, you know. And so, you yeah, never I know. Mean, yeah, you never know. And I thought, well, maybe I can get like, you know, Loudon might get six. Maybe he'll get 12 total. And I was like, but I think Dean could get like a 12 pointer at home to Everton. And I, I just didn't think or Fulham, Fulham excuse me. And I, I just didn't think it would look quite that quite that ugly. I thought he would yeah. at least have a couple of chances. He really didn't. A couple of free kicks. It was it, it just was Everton looked really uh, worn down, I guess, from the. Um, from that Spurs match, uh, yeah, playing 120 minutes, and that is yeah. ever we've 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 been here so many seasons before. Everton somehow have found their sel- themselves on the wrong end of a double game week trap, and yeah. uh, they while while Ancelotti is solving many problems at Goodison Park, I don't think he has solved the overarching problem of Everton remain one of the most unpredictable good teams in the yeah. league. And probably not having all their players fit at any yeah. given moment this season has not helped. I just couldn't believe they were that bad. It was just, you know, it was really, I mean, just any team that has Dean, uh, Decore, Hamas Rodriguez, even Gelfi has played quite well recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just wouldn't expect them to, to, 
to really have nothing to offer. I mean, I know that I know that Dominic Coverloom was, wasn't playing, but you know, it's not like he's it's not like he's Harry Kane, like come back to the midfield to win <laughs> balls and then run down he's to score. Not and then, changing you know, the shape of the team, really. No, but but I mean, Richarlison uh, was was. Um, I mean, that has to be one of the worst matches ever played for Everton. He was absolutely awful. And so, yeah, just, just a weird match. Um, so I, I, I keep coming back to it. it probably just, it, it just ended, but you know, tomorrow I've got, I think I ultimately have seven players left to play. So yeah. I've moved from 18 K to 29 K. That's not that bad. Um, you know, I really, it was seven players left to go. And I have captain Sterling. If Gundogan, um, is, We'll see if Sterling plays at all. I mean, who knows, right? But Never if he know. plays and if Gundogan is rest as a precaution because um, uh, he hurt his groin, I think he was so – we don't really know what happened there. I mean, I think mm. he was just so excited about scoring that brace that it just kind of um, – Just, yeah, you know, solid eggplant yeah. emoji happening right there <laughs> in his pants. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's, you know, we're not going to try to preview any of these matches that have already happened. There's nothing we can do about them anyway. Um, so we are going to talk about game week 25. We're going to talk about the double game weeks, um, your double game week planning. There's one in, in 25, but then of course there are a bunch coming as well in 26. Some people are wild carding. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, just first though, Brandon, uh, we have an opening question this week. I just, because you know, there's lots of matches left to play, I thought it might be fun to have an opening topic that was a little, yeah. um, a little more evergreen as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle M says, are there rules, Josh and Brandon, that you stick to or superstitions that you have in FPL? <laughs> I, I alluded to this actually at the start of last week's pod with like the, the power of a magical pint glass, like, what are your lucky socks, yeah. the lucky glass that you drink out of, the lucky cat. Yeah. And um, the, that is the superstition that I always try to and fail to employ. It's always me mm-hmm. scrambling. I remember yeah. um, it was, uh, gosh, I can't remember who Fulham were playing earlier this season where they like won their first match where I started watching the match and then they went ahead and I was like, heck, I need to put on my Fulham top. So I put on. I put on my Fulham shirt and then I realized, oh, wait, why did I do that? Um, I wasn't wearing the Fulham shirt when the match started and they're playing well. Did I just jinx them by putting it on so I should take it back off? So my superstition feels real to me, but it is a constant moving target. (laughs) If 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 like I had a bad week, then I blame all of the, you know, you know, as I was saying, drinking vessels and clothes Mm -hmm. that I was wearing. But what usually happens is when I have a good week, it somehow involves those same drinking vessels and clothes. So then suddenly <laughs> they become imbued with good luck. So <laughs> right. this, like, I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is I like believe in superstition, but I'm mm-hmm. not good at sort of um, tracking it. You know what I mean? I don't know that I have any superstitions, uh, nothing like that. No shirts, hats, pint glasses. I have certain things I don't like. I, I think you're like this too. I think some, a lot of people are like this. I don't like to – look at my team when a clean sheet is in progress. So if I have a, Mm -hmm. if I have a defender, I don't want to see that six points uh, on my team until that final whistle blows. It feels like that does jinx it for me a little bit. So is that superstitious or I don't know what that, you know, I guess there's a fine line between jinxing and superstition. I, I subscribe to the same theory, but I found workarounds. I found cheats. So Uh Um, to preload clean sheet points before the final whistle, 100% a jinx. And if you lose a, a clean sheet, it's because somebody, and you may not even know them, they might live halfway around the world, 
Right. They loaded those clean sheet <laughs> points that they jinxed it. Yeah. Um, so I, so actually what I do is I go to other sites like live score sites and all that sort of thing and yeah. see what my score kind of is in the moment. And somehow I've convinced myself that that's not the jinx, but I'm with you like clean sheet points. Don't touch them. Don't put the cart before the horse. Just let it ride until the 90th yeah. minute. I think I have other superstitions that I am, I am quite sure are, are act- actively hurt me as a fantasy manager. Uh, I think that I, all things being equal, if there's a Monday match and I have a Monday player, I will do everything I can to uh, convince myself that that player should fit into my starting 11 that week. Yes. I love having a player in the final match. And mm. conversely, I, and I think this is one that's pretty common too, is mm. I really do not like to captain any player in the first game week of, of mm. a, of a match. And, and I, this to me as a component, we actually, we like almost, it was like, we started to talk about it and then we got away from it on last week's pod. But for me, I, I, I do keep, you know, make, we talk about make fantasy fun again on this podcast. And I, I do try to keep, the fun factor. And for me, managing my own emotions is a big part of the game mm-hmm. and yeah. matters almost as much, if not more than where I finish at the end of the season. You know, I am all about maximizing the enjoyment I can get out of a weekend. Right. I mean, this, is what's, this is what it's all about in some ways. Right. Yes. And I know that if I if there's, you know, let's say there's a, like a big, you know, like a super Sunday type match. And, uh, you know, like most solace playing or something like that. Um, and so I know that it would be better to captain Harry Kane at home to crystal palace, you know, in the opening match on a Saturday morning, but I'm probably still going to captain Salah in that big Sunday match just because yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to be watching it. I know if he does anything and I didn't captain him, I'm going to be kicking myself. And I hate that feeling of regret. And I love going from Saturday into Sunday and going to bed Saturday night. Like this is like so deeply, you know, this is disturbing, <laughs> but like, like going into the next night, or, you know, go to the next morning knowing that I still have a chance to like, you know, it's like my team is like spring loaded, right? It's like no matter what my red arrow looks like on Saturday, mm-hmm. I know I've got that captain the next day. It's going to, you know, hope and possibility is the fuel for fantasy managers. Totally. That's exactly right. Are you, and are you the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to be the same. One thing that I'm actually trying to reckon with this season, and that's something that I, I, a lot of managers think about and one that I like leaving so many points on the bench this week, this has been a running theme, particularly recently this season. Part of that stems from the uh, hedging that you can do in your fantasy team of, well, I'm, I'm really, I'm really invested in this particular team's defense. Therefore I'm going to bench the opposing attacking player. Right. So uh, this, this week I have son, but I am banking on a double clean sheet for Manchester City. So I should bench Sun. But this, what I did actually in 24 was I went ahead and played Sun. So I'm trying yeah. to reckon with that uh, philosophy or, or um, I think that was way the of right, hedging. I think that was the right move, you know, because I, I – th- I, I have been doing that more myself this season, um, just just rolling everybody out there, you know, and just and not, play your and not the, the, to... like play your best players. That exactly. would be the way you'd say it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And and don't. And this, I you know, I felt like it really came to a head last um, last week with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and Gundogan and some in some, in some people's teams. Right. Where you're just mm-hmm. you're benching you know, talented, informed players. I mean, I don't, Calvert-Lewin was, you know, I don't know, maybe on the fence there a little bit, but certainly mm-hmm. like 
there's an argument for starting him. And, you know, it'd be interesting because it's almost the exact same situation is going to happen in game week 25 where mm-hmm. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, assuming he comes back and, and plays in the Man City match as he is, you know, on target to do, now plays away to Liverpool. And do you bench him away to Liverpool or do you just throw him out there and start? Yeah. It's an interesting question. I don't know. It, it is a good question. Yeah. So it's funny. Thomas Suchek is kind of breaking this, this theory of play your breaking best players <laughs> because I, yeah, <laughs> I had to, I had to bench Thomas Suchek in favor of playing son. And it's like, play your best players. And Suchek is causing me to question all my definition definitions yeah. of best players because Suchek really is challenging these notions. Like he is never the best all around player. Well, all around is is not what I should say. He's never the best attacking player for West Ham on the pitch. But what often happens is he's just the best all around midfielder. And so far this season, it's turned him into the best FPL asset in West Ham. So yeah. it's really tricky sometimes to determine what does that mean, play your best player. So, it's um, funny because McTominay uh, almost scored today too. Uh-huh. And you're like, what is going on? Like McTominay, uh-huh. Suchek, like – we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the ghost of Etienne Capou still still haunting the FPL game. It's yeah. like Capou is so is so um, uh, upset that he's no longer in the Premier League. I don't think he is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, no, that he he's, so. he's like hacked into the FPL game, and yeah. he's trying to still let his his sort of force be felt. And this is this is Etienne that you're talking about. That's the one. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Not, yeah. not yeah. Bruno Capou, <laughs> Bob Capou. Uh, um, all right. So let's, you know, I, I want to talk about game week 25. Let's take a break, but just uh, a quick shout just so we don't have to do a separate break for this, Brandon, a quick shout out to uh, our new patrons, uh, Volkswagen patrons, Joey Stanchich, uh, and two new Lord Soil patrons, Brandon Leatherwood and Francis Mack. I, I like all three of those names, Brandon. Just good, Very strong names. Cool uh- names. Absolutely. And Patreon is a great way for you all listening to, if you like what you hear, just say thank you to me and Josh. And in return, you get more FPL content. So if you want to learn what that's about, go to patreon.com slash always cheating ways you can access a second pod every week, our uh, week in review newsletter from mini league mate and some swag at the higher tiers, like our make fantasy fun again, t-shirt. That's right, Brandon. It's a patreon.com slash always cheating. And we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's BetterHelp. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com cheating. All right, Brian, we're back. We have five questions for game week 25. But as we answer these questions, we're going to dip into the doubles and dip into a little bit of wildcard talk as well. So I think up matches were played at midweek. And I would say, I guess they were fairly predictable. I mean, the thing that we were really looking for was, um, you know, what was going to happen in game week 29? Who was going to be able to play? And mm-hmm. Uh, Everton beating Spurs in the, in the, on the Thursday match was probably the biggest difference maker because mm-hmm. it, uh, it means that it is very likely that the top, the, the, that the, I, I guess it's Spurs hosting Villa. I thought it was the other yeah. way around, but, um, Spurs hosting Villa, which I believe was one of the COVID cancellations, um, will pro- most likely be rescheduled to game week 29. It's the only time when it really makes sense for that to happen. Uh, unless, um, Spurs get knocked out of the Europa league, in which case it could move up a little bit, but they yeah. also, they have other matches that need to get made up as well. Spurs are in the, in the, in the, with, um, there's a few teams that have just a handful of matches that are neat, that need to get broken up. It is going to be like, if my double game week luck continues, Brian, I might be like 1 million overall after this. Cause we're going to have double game weeks every week for like the next yeah, you know, yeah. seven weeks or something. It's going to get nuts. Yeah, it's there's there there are just so many points on the table, which is actually really exciting. Particularly if you're yeah. trying to uh, claw back rank, there's there are going to be a lot of people. Um, you know, we I don't like the uh, the derogatory term casual, Josh, no. but I think there are going to be a lot of people who are paying less attention than you who have their fantasy teams, and they're going to miss out on the opportunities yeah. with these doubles here in 24, yeah. 25, 26, 27, and twenty eight. Just we. <laughs> I've never seen a cascading, uh, you know, sort of series of double game weeks like this. But you're right. Game week 29, if if they, as is predicted, do reschedule Spurs Villa in game week 29, it will be a godsend because a number of us have at least two or three players that would be in that fixture. Otherwise, this is what game week 29 looks like. Brighton hosting Newcastle. 
Fulham hosting Leeds, West Ham hosting hosting Arsenal. Now, some decent teams in there, but not ones in which we're heavily at fantasy invested. So yeah. um, I, I think the larger question you have to think about when we're talking about previewing the upcoming game week 25 and then the doubles that will be scheduled for 26, 27, 28 is how are you sort of leading your team down this path? to ultimately have a squad in game week 29 where yeah. um, you have a, at least a single fantasy asset to field. Yeah. And I, you know, I honestly wonder if, if, you know, the, the situation I had, you know, we talked about this a minute ago, the three transfers I made and, and the other one was Sterling captain. So, you know, hopefully that one still it redeems itself a little bit, but you know, um, and he looked good. Yeah. You know, so, you know, whatever, what are you going to do? In he good form. at the end there? Yeah. He's in good he form. He's in good form. Yeah. Um, so I, I think though that, that in some ways it's, it's almost too much. I think that it's, um, you know, I was up late on Friday trying to like crack this, you know, like how do yeah. I have, how do I make moves that help me in 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29, right? Like, mm-hmm. like how do I make three transfers that solve all of these various problems for these, you know, still to be scheduled matches that you know, we don't even know what there's no confirmed doubles for game week 26 yet. Right. I mean, we know that they're almost certainly going to happen, but at this point it's all, it's all completely up in the air. And so um, I think that there, there can be a mistake that some people make of, of looking a little too far ahead and, 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 and trying to like, to like not play the game week in front of them. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, as, you are almost certainly just by sheer accident going to have a handful of players who play in game week 26, especially if that Spurs Villa match goes through as, as planned. So it may be 29, you mean in 29, right? So it may be that coming out of 26, you aren't like perfectly set up for 29, but you'll have three chances to do it. Three, you know, three matches to, uh, this is something you don't have a free hit, you know, to, to play. So you're going to have lots of chances to set yourself up for game week 29, and if you only have eight players, that's fine. Yes. Um, there are a lot of times where people really like hustle and burn points to try to get to, um, maybe the, you've only have like, you know, seven, that could be enough if you get your captaincy right, you know, and you just kind of take it on the chin, right? You're like, all right, I know, I know everyone's going to score me by 10 points this week, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a range issue, right? And a big double game week, the range of points can be between 80 and 150 in a game week 26, you know, a game week 29 situation. It could be that the cap on points is like 55, Right. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you get your captain right, you maybe you get 40. OK, so what? it's like Someone a Big Ten basketball points. game versus an NBA uh, playoff <laughs> yeah, game. It's a race to 69. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, you know, I'm, so, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I, I just my point on that as we think about planning over the next four game weeks is something that we said at the start of this podcast. Uh, the idea of play, just play your best players. Avoid that temptation of trying to build the perfect game week squad. There's going to be probably a, the biggest number of doubles announced for 26. So there will be a lot of content out there of, all right, let's perfect our squad for 26. But because of likely doubles that could happen over the course of the next month, if you just kind of stick to your guns and keep your best players, best players who have good fixtures, regardless of the doubles, you're going to hit those doubles on certain weeks and you're just going to hit good overall scores on the other weeks. So I, I fear for people who over plan for one specific week instead of yeah. just kind of sticking to their game, sticking to the players that have served yeah. them well up to this point. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you could do your best, but I, I think that it's, you know, the idea that this is a, of course we want to think about it like it's a puzzle to be solved, you know, but. Which but is I, fun. I, yeah. Which is, which is part of the fun of it for sure. But I think this season is, if this is your first season playing fantasy, I, I really have to stress that this is a uniquely challenging season. It is, I would say it is given when you, you know, first of all, we've never, in, in some seasons you might only have like two game weeks the entire season where you have double game weeks right so yeah. it's, it's like it's just twice um or maybe maybe you have like one mini one or something like that um and so the fact that we're having these constantly and we had all the covid cancellations and these matches are spaced out you know and we have these midweek matches so you have teams that are just exhausted because they played five times in you know 14 days or whatever and mm-hmm. these are these crazy nine nil score lines and so you know i think that it really is um it's fun. I've said it before. It's I'm glad to have the distraction, right? It's you mm-hmm. know we're a year under pandemic. I still have nothing to do. Like sure, like give me this to like fill up like four hours of my time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just you know just 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 because it's fun to to plan and try to crack it. But um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's um, that I I would just focus on having really good play. It's actually I mean, I'll pull up a question here. Um, I, we have five questions for game week 25, and uh, the question is from Andrew Sigal. He says uh, teams playing better usually means their fantasy players are also playing better. He says see uh, Gundawan, Bruno, Madison, and Barnes uh, as the top four midfield point getters so far in 2021. I actually didn't know um, that was how that four broke out in the in, in you know in calendar year 21. Go Harvey um, Barnes. Yeah. So he says, so who do you think finishes in the top four at the end of the season? I guess the idea there being that if you know who's going to finish top four, those might be players where you want to uh-huh. sort of target them for the, for the doubles and beyond. So what do you think? Top four, if you had to pick right now. This is a, this is a good question from Andrew because I think it is a question um, about Chelsea that we've been trying to answer yeah. since before the season started. Which players on Chelsea are actually good for FPL? Is Chelsea actually good? What is their ceiling? What's their potential? Because when I look at the Premier League table, Man City is widely predicted to remain at the top of the table. I expect that as well. I do think Manchester United and uh, have have enough about them to at least uh, hit second or third. Probably, well, at least second or third. Yeah. Leicester City, I would be willing to go out on a limb and say... This is this is a classic team that have learned from their mistakes. You look at Liverpool, who came close to winning the league, came got to the Champions League final only to lose to Real Madrid, and they came back the next season, won the Champions League, the following league season, won the Premier League. There are so many examples of great teams that don't have a huge amount of turnover that can capitalize on bad experiences. So last season when Leicester City just lost it at the end of the season and dropped out of the top four. I feel like what we've seen from Leicester so far this season says they're going to remain in the top four. So then you've got the last remaining spot. Liverpool Liverpool probably would be the odds on favorite to um, take that last spot, but it's kind of awful what's going on at that club right now. And worrying and you think thomas tuchel just getting his hands on everything at stanford bridge there is enough there for chelsea and and if chelsea with the game in hand 
uh, win, they'll be two points ahead of Liverpool. And yeah. there you have it. They so pick, like, the perfect time to sack Lampard, right? Like it feels like yeah. they haven't had a, like, will they ever have a hard match again? I feel like it's like every time I look, they're playing like Sheffield United at home, just like constantly yeah. playing Sheffield United at home. Uh, it's been a, you know, so I think they've, they've, they've benefited from a nice run, which I, I suppose is what you want when you bring in a new manager, right? You know, give them a chance to totally smooth sailing. Yeah. So then, you know, that's, it's kind of a non-answer to Andrew's question because even, even with that, even if Chelsea make it to the top four, will we ever have a single fantasy asset from this team for the rest of the season? I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Rudiger, 4.5 million. Uh, I think he might be someone that we'd, we'd consider. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're not going to have as many doubles, right? I think they, and they're, and their double in 26 has got to be the worst double. They play Man United and Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I'm not really sure either. I mean, I, I think that you're right. I think that Chelsea would be the team I would at least consider. I think, you know, it's hard to talk about them too much because, I mean, I don't mean to repeat everything you just said, but it is true. Like, it's interesting to see what will happen with Tuchel. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, Tina Werner is the one who I'm sort of, we, we kind of keep, he's, and the reason he keeps getting talked about is because we know that he's capable of, of being a really good fantasy asset right he wasn't he wasn't bundesliga fantasy last summer he has had some explosive returns already so far this season for for chelsea um i mean he got double digit returns just on assists alone last week right like so he clearly he's (laughs) capable of of doing a lot and so it's it's like he's just like in that one to watch category eventually the actions that timo takes are fpl point earning actions he is not a uh he's he's not a peripheral player he is a fantasy player for sure so I think I'm with you. I think I would go the Liverpool thing. I, I guess I'm I'm going to still bank on them finding a way to to pull it out. And so I will I will go with the table as is. I will go mm-hmm. uh, Man City, Man United, uh, Leicester, and Liverpool. And I, I really do hope yeah. that Leicester hang on this year. Uh, but it's hard after after they just won that match. It's hard for me to say that they're going to slip out of the top four um, after they just. Uh, really seem like the superior team at the moment. I mean, clearly Liverpool yeah, are right. Liverpool are just in a position where it's like, you know, just, just hang on. Right. Like just <laughs> mark this, chalk the season up as a, as a, as a, just a fluke, crazy injury riddled season, start fresh in the summer. Right. And just and yeah. like, don't drop. I mean, this like, there was like a fake rumor that Klopp was leaving the club. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like that? Well, you know? I think the rumor was yeah. that he was, that he had quit, not that he was let go, but uh, right. Not it, that ridiculous it matters, either way. Right. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's talk about the game week, you know, in front of us, which is, uh, you know, 25. And the big news here is that we have, um, we have two, two, two teams that play twice, uh, in Southampton and Leeds, uh, Southampton play Chelsea at home and Leeds away. So speaking of Chelsea, uh, and then Leeds play Wolves, uh, away and Southampton at home. And, um, the Wolves lead match is a Friday match, by the way. It feels like we haven't had a Friday match in a while. Mm-hmm. Does it seem new yeah. to you? Yeah. It has been a while. And I think it's because we've basically been living in a world in which it's all midweek matches all the time. So right. we need one day yeah. to rest, one day to rest. And that's usually the last match of the game week is happening on <laughs> Thursday. And then we yeah. can set our teams on Friday just to, to do it yeah. all over again. But mm-hmm. I, I think this is in some ways as a, well, it, in some ways as exciting, if not more exciting than the game week 24 double. So the game week 24 double that we're finishing up now was was really f- impactful because of Manchester City having decent fixtures and us being tripled up on them. But beyond that, you know, we 
not a lot of managers fully invested in the double because Fulham, Everton, and Burnley are are scattershot with FPL. Yeah. Now, if you think about Southampton and Leeds, it's not like these teams are powerhouses back to front, but they do have powerhouse FPL assets. So my one transfer in 24 was to preemptively bring in Danny Ings and the dominant yeah. Calvert-Lewin injury opened that door for me. So the the prospect of having Danny Ings for Southampton, the Southampton double and triple leads feels um, really fun to me. And I think that that's something that everyone can kind of, it's yeah. something can people can strategically get on board with that. And also people can all play along because I feel like most of most managers already have one or two leads assets. So yeah. you're one or two transfers away from being heavily invested in the upside of the game week 25 double. And I think that's, you know, um, that is the the key question here, I think, is, um, you know, Mick says, um, have Southampton done enough to pick up defensive or offensive assets ahead of the potential double or triple game weeks? Um, triple double, right. The triple double, right. They could have doubles in 25, 26, 27. Yeah. Um, that, that feels like, a, like you know, if they, if they play six times in three weeks, I don't know that Ings is going to play in all those matches, but certainly uh, I think he's going to play in the in the double. I think he would play, um, let's say they play on Saturday and then again on Tuesday. Yeah, that, that's plenty far away. I, I yeah. should be playing both those matches. So, you know, when I was debating what to do, I mean, just in hindsight, it just feels like I got everything wrong. But uh, when I was debating, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what all shakes out. When I was debating what to do, part of what I decided was I you know, cause I talked about Richarlison for a while too, which, you know, that feels like mm-hmm. a bullet dodge clearly, but I, sure. I, you know, I was deciding to, um, not bring any Southampton players in and, and just have triple leads and then just sort of roll, roll with that, uh, for game week, for game week 25. And my, the move that I am planning at the moment would be to go, um, from Suchek to Rafinha. Rafinha. Yeah. 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 I think and that's going to be the, the move. move for everyone. Yeah. yeah Suchek yeah. to Rafinha. Yeah. Well, other Southampton players, I think the defense is something I personally would not be very excited about. I mean, I would think that, especially if uh, now that Kyle Walker Peters is is uh, injured again, yeah. apparently. Mm-hmm. So they play Chelsea at home. I would expect Chelsea to score in that one. They play uh, Leeds away, and I would expect Leeds to score in that one as well. So to me, the whole defense is just a write off. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't have any defenders. Can I invite you, Josh, into Brandon's hot takery corner? My yes. corner of hot takery. Yes. <laughs> we all remember the picture of Hassan Hudel crying after he had his one nil victory over Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool. <laughs> um, this guy, Hassan Hudel, I'm not having it. Like Alpine Klopp, get out of here. Um, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. They, they are paper thin this squad and their mentality is paper thin and mm-hmm. going into 24. Yeah. The watch was on can Southampton's defense convince you to bring in a KWP or a Vestergaard ahead of game week 25. And right. I'm with you. Even the sirens are in the background are backing me up on this one. You know, I can never hear this. So that's <laughs> good. <laughs> you have a good mic. <laughs> some Eagle, some Eagle ear listeners will, will pick up on it, but I, I just don't see the defense as Um, that appealing and then you get into the conversation of well if it's not the defense why not just punt uh, uh, as a double for Southampton on James Ward-Prowse sure and then 
I think you're getting into territory of you're just trying to convince yourself of something <laughs> that seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. And yeah, sure. James Ward Prowse has been having a good season, set piece maestro and all of that. But sure. it's 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 one of those things that could come off, but it's too far of a gamble <laughs> that the likeliest outcome is you're not going to be excelling in game week yeah. 25 with that pick. I mean, I remember when he was like your boy back in like 2014. Yeah. Brandon. That's how like remember you like he was like 4.5 million for years, yeah. and he was this great kind of, a great fifth mid, yeah, yeah, great fifth mid. And then I think he he kind of broke out. He had eight assists in the 2015 season. But so I mean, we're actually we're three six. This is our ninth year with with Ward process and option of fantasy, which that that feels like a long time. Um, and you know, it's like, it's hard for me to get excited about him. Cause I've just been down the road with him so many times. I, yeah. Ward Prowse is a classic. He is, he is like the definition of a player you have in a double game week, but not otherwise. Right. Yeah. Is team selected by percentage is actually a little higher than I was expecting. I, I just don't get excited by a player like him because I, when I would look at that team, you know, I mean, he's just not, he's not the player that I would want. I mean, I guess now that Adams is kind of, in and out of that lineup a little bit. Um, I would have gone him first at the same price point. Um, it's also to me, um, having a forward who, um, starts Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, Uh it seemed like, it seemed like Ings was Adams was going to solve some problems for a while there now, but now it feels like it's Ings. And then, I mean, I, it's like word process appealing because when he gets these free kicks, these like, and he gets a chance to like kind of postage stamp it right the way yeah. like Harry Kane almost did um, in the Man City match yesterday. It's mm-hmm. he, it looks so good, you know. I mean, it looks like he is just like you watch him. And you're like, this guy is gonna get a hat trick any day now. I want to be there for it. I want to be ready. But in general, they're just not like a hugely attacking team. They don't score a ton. Um, you know, they're just not. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that's right. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a team that you want to double up on at the end right. of the day. It's kind of less to do with James Ward Prowse because yeah, sometimes catnip for fantasy managers is set pieces and right. JWP has that. But yeah. I think we don't need a ton of stats to back up the fact that Danny Ings is the dude. And yeah. as we've iterated, we just need one dude from Southampton for this week. Yeah. So that's kind of the end of the conversation. Ings is good. Ward Prowse is mediocre. Don't burn points to bring in a mediocre player. I think that's yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. that simple. Um, all right. So this does bring me to um, another question, though. Uh, okay. Well, in Leeds, I, you you and I are very much kind of locked into our our you know. So if we want to move outside of our own bubble here a little bit, you know, because you and I both have Dallas and Bamford already, uh, but uh-huh. you know, Dallas is not you know like he's not universally owned certainly and um you know so leeds play southampton and wolves and uh, and they play away to wolves and i think that could be um a tricky match on the wolves seem like they've finally got something i i thought they were like getting into that on the beach rankings brandon with crystal palace yeah. but then they kind of they showed something they've got so, a little left to give joshua yeah they do. I love that. I love, I, I'm just a big fan of wolves, you know, I, I, I'm always rooting for them to do well. But this, that this jacket that Nuno thing. is wearing though. What's, what's going on with this, this big <laughs> Adidas Parker that Nuno's wearing. It's, it's, it's got like yeah. a built in vest or life preserver. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you were just, you had, you had, uh, no leads players at all. Uh, and you were going into this match or you were wild card and you could have anybody you wanted you and I both feel like, sure, it's, you know, Dallas, Bamford, Rafinha. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else that you, that we should throw into the, into the double game week conversation? 
Yeah, Jack Harrison, though. It, Jack Harrison, it's what what makes Rafinha, Bamford, and Dallas so appealing as a triptych is what you saw in the um, shoot. I'm blanking on who Leeds played today. Um, who did Leeds play today? Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw in the Arsenal match when things are not going well for Leeds, uh, changes have to be made. And those right. changes are happening to players like Jack, to the peripheral players that we're about to talk about. So Jack yeah. Harrison is a great fantasy asset when it's all working and going in Leeds favor. The problem is going to be if one of these matches don't go it doesn't go in Leeds' favor, then Jack Harrison, you know, you could be looking yep. at a one-pointer in a 55th-minute substitution. So um, if if you're kind of trying to preach caution and assurity, I think that's the case that you may you make for going for this Leeds template that we're talking about. But I think Jack Harrison is the differential. Ailing, who is somebody that you are constantly sort of you're you're trying to wonder when his attacking returns well, I, are going to come, and yeah. and I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing yeah. that. Like he yeah. he's an integral part of that sort of like free flowing transition that yep. leads make from 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 back to front. So Ailing is an interesting one where he's 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 like classically due, isn't he? Yeah, and you know he's had to play center back uh, at times this season, which obviously you know hinders him a little bit. Although even then, it feels like he's he's always active on corner kicks and things like that. Uh, I would go if I were debating between if I wanted to double up defensively, maybe it just makes sense for your team. I would I would go Alien over Alianski, even though Alianski has probably a little more attacking threat, just because Alianski is um, prone to get the early hook. I think that's happened um, one, two, three, four, five. You know, it's happened five times. Uh, in the last seven matches and twice it's happened before the 60 minute mark. So a little risky, I think to mm-hmm. go, to go there. I mean, he got a you know negative one today as did Stuart Dallas, by the way. So I'm really hoping, see, I've, yeah. got, I've got Dallas second bench. I'm hoping he doesn't, doesn't come on for me. Well, here's the, not we don't want a fear monger because I think the beautiful thing about Leeds is Bielsa doesn't really rotate at all. So yeah. I, um, I, and I, I think often when leads uh, are wrecked, it's it's a it's a fitness thing. It's a tactical thing. Rarely does it come down to one player unless it is. Yes, unless it's Elioski, who is probably the worst player in that starting 11. He's you you are you rate him a little low or a little low than I do. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, but I, I mean, maybe you might be right there. And yeah, the, the problem right now too, is that Calvin Phillips is, um, is injured. Right. And that's a good point. And if he, uh, you know, and he really, he's just a fun player, right? Cause he just runs around and just, you know, and he, he's, he's, he's like one of those heartbeat players, right? Like mm-hmm. or the engine room players totally. where leads will just look that much better. So yeah, yeah. let's, I'm going to pull up the injury report report on Calvin Phillips. Just so like he, he's out no return date. There's no definite position on whether he will be able to play or not. Okay. <laughs> Said Bielsa yeah. on February 12th. So um, unclear at this point. So um, that brings us to the next question for Game of 25. Uh, Mafier says, Ings or Bamford for captain this week? Uh, I'm going to throw Rafinha in there as well, Brandon. So Ings, mm-hmm. Bamford, or Rafinha, who is your captain pick for Game Week 25? I like the Rafinha shout. You definitely saw that in the Arsenal match where Rafinha has that streak in him, which is good for fantasy assets, where he becomes single-minded toward goal and he doesn't like to pass and he likes to shoot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of shades of Hungman's son, which is which is not all bad. 
I actually had the captaincy on my bus team on Bamford for um, the last day, but after sort of sort of rethink, re, re, rethinking about these fixtures for Southampton and seeing Danny Ings against Wolves, I just feel like Ings has a more potent uh, threat in front of goal than Bamford. And uh, yeah, I, I intend to captain Danny Ings in game week 25. I like it. You know, it's a little bit, um, I mean, honestly, given his form, I think, I think it does make sense. Um, I think for me, I'm still likely to go leads. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I have to like give give it like, let this match like shake off for a day. Although even then, I mean, uh, Rafinha, uh, was, it was, you know, about as bad a match as they played in, you know, calendar year 2021. Um, and Rafinha still got an attack in return. I am actually kind of leaning towards Rafinha for my, mm-hmm. for my captain pick. I just think he is, I mean, for all the reasons you just said, right. Mm-hmm. He's on some free kicks. He's really active. He seems kind of selfish. Uh, but I mean, I don't mean that in a, like personality way, but just like selfish on the pitch, right? Like he's just like, you yeah. really, it feels like he's the kind of guy who really wants to score, you know? So, and the assist uh, that he yeah. got was off of a corner kick. So it's, it's like set pieces are all in good corner kicks, which sometimes in some matches come even more frequently. If he's taking those, um, uh, it's good. That's good. And the other play we didn't talk about, you know, of, of those two, I mean, I think, I think that Ings makes sense. I think it's Rafinha, uh, and, but then I think Bamford too. I mean, we know that Rodrigo is, um, well, we don't know, but we suspect that Rodrigo is still going to be out uh, for for game week 25. And that means that Bamford should get the full 180 minutes. He is a the true, in some ways, I think he is the logical captain this week, right? If I had to pick mm-hmm. one, you know, I actually am here in the ambulance that time, Brandon. There we um, go. Now, if I, <laughs> now we're cooking with gas, buddy. <laughs> He's the one who, it's just hard to see him blanking twice. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's just hard to imagine given, I, I wonder how many, how many times he's blanked twice in a row this season. I bet it's not very often. Right. It's just, he's, he's yeah. a real right place, right time kind of player. I mean, it, it has happened a few times, but, but not, not very often. Um, and you know, 12, 12 goals and eight assists in the season. Let me make this case to you, Josh. So yeah. Uh, the chances come thick and fast for leads, which is good. However, who is more likely to get bonus points if they're involved Bamford or Ings? You saw Ings scored the one goal for Southampton and a two, one loss to wolves. And he got two bonus Ings is less profligate in front of goal. The knock on Bamford is that he's not an elite finisher. He just gets enough chances. So it, it, it creates the value for his FPL price tag. So my concern with Bamford is, how those points get spread and his lack of bonus points, which right. Um, I, 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 for me is swinging it to Ings a little bit like Ings. If he just yeah. gets a return, it's likely to have that icing on top. Yeah, that's true. And it is hard to, given how Leeds played today, it's hard to imagine Ings being kept silent um, at the uh, Ellen road. Is that the name of Leeds? Yeah, Stadium? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, hard to think he wouldn't score there. And then you know Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, I'm almost talking myself into the minus four now. It really depends on what we what we find out with these double game weeks because, um, I mean, Calvert Lewin, if he's still injured, then then Ings to Lewin to Ings is 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 easy, right? I'll mm-hmm. just I'll just do that without thinking about it. Uh, but if the fixtures come out and um, there's a chance that in game week 26, Everton play Southampton and West Brom. 
And in that case, I think I would probably just keep Calvert Lewin because I would love to have him for a double game before they play West Brom, you know, in one of those two fixtures. So, so we'll see. Um, I think, you know, it's too bad because he was so good in that FA Cup match. Um, yeah. You know, a goal, I think he had a goal and two assists before he got subbed. Yeah. And coming off of that Manchester United result where, right. Um, right. you know, it's not, you know, uh, the, yes, yeah, there was, there's been so much to love about DCL. We just got to keep that poor man fit. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been what three goals and three assists then and, and three matches for him. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, and I think that it's, I, I think it's, it's a case where I think we'll, we will see a nice spread of captains though, which is kind of a nice, yeah, are, other... we, are we insane? Just focusing on these two sort of mid table teams right. when, Bruno Fernandez is home <laughs> right. against Newcastle. And yeah, as we yeah. said at the top of the pod, Bruno is another level, just an elite fantasy asset. Yeah. The goal he scored um, uh, today, which just like out of nowhere, you know, he's, he kind of, you kind of saw him go, you know, super say on the commentary was focusing on like, Oh, you made Bruno angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> um, but you have to yeah. like that. I, I am afraid that, I'm, you know, getting a little too caught up in, you know, the odds of the double game week and and, and yeah. overlooking yeah. the obvious choice well, here, right? Well, you, but it's not the obvious choice because you and I both know, this is like the exact same conversation we had last week. You and uh-huh. I both know there's no way we're going to go to a double game week and not and not play, not captain double game week player, especially when we're talking about Leeds, hugely attacking team, right? They didn't even yeah. play well today and they scored two goals. Um, and, and Danny Yangs, who is in really good form right now, um, and is, you know, so, I mean, there are multiple options. It's just, I mean, if so much of fantasy is just, it's just playing the odds, right? I mean, yeah, right. yeah. Does, does Bruno have a marginally better chance of scoring in one match uh, at home than, than Ings does at home to Southampton or way to Leeds? Yes. But Ings gets two chances, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, when you add those, when you add mm-hmm. those two chances together, it you would you would fancy him to score at mm-hmm. least once, right? And and then the same with with uh Rafinha, um, you know, or Bamford. So I, I think I think that's really what it is. And and, and to me, I mean, we're talking about the, the emotion of the game. It, it's just more fun. I mean, you know, if you got nine from Bruno today, you feel pretty good about it, right? But I mean, you know, Gundawan's on nineteen. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh-huh. I mean, Sterling. We won is on, the Gundawan captainers won, Josh. Yeah, Sterling is on six, and I think he'll start away. I think the Everton match away is, is tricky enough that he'll that he'll start in that. I mean, we'll we'll wait and yeah. see. But um, you know, so so we'll see what he does there. If he even gets two points, then it's a wash. If he gets any kind of attacking return, then then he'll surpass Bruno. And granted, we're talking about Man City here, but it's the, the same principle applies, right? It's just give, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, Man United were playing West Brom, right? It's like that is as good a match as it gets, and that still wasn't enough for us to go with a single game week player, and it looks like it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's not a lot of other competition here, I think, in game week 25 for the armband. Yeah. You think you look at the likely teams, Liverpool having issues in the club right now, plus they have the Merseyside Derby, which is always uh, played very tightly. Yeah. Manchester City, they are away at Arsenal, and you know it's not like Arsenal have the best defense in the world, but you'd expect that to be a, a cagey affair. Leicester, Aston Villa, which, man, I am so excited for, for that match, but um, two, two really great defenses going at each other. So if you're looking for upside, big points yeah you're we're just it's bruno or the double and i think you've made a pretty good case that you've got to play those odds baby and it's it's (laughs) it's the doubler 
it's playing the odds, but it's not, it's also just more fun, I think. <laughs> All right. So last question for this game week, um, which is uh, comes from Ryan Nowland. He says, who are the must-haves on a game week 25 wild card? Brandon, I, I will I before I have you answer this question, this very tricky mm. question, I mm. will I will add the necessary caveat that we do not know yet which matches are going to be scheduled definitively, although we have a very likely idea uh, in game week 26. And that does make this a qualified response. Right. We mm-hmm. should know before the game week 25 deadline what is happening in 26. Um, that's what uh, our, our esteemed. uh acquaintance ben ben Krellen uh assumes mm-hmm. right that we'll know before the game yeah. of 25 deadline so it will help with our wild card planning if we're on one yeah. i don't think i'm going to do one right now because it looks like the way things are going to work out i'm going to have something like 11 players if not 12 who are just just by sheer happenstance right are going to be playing in game week 26 um i think that's gonna be true for most of us so mm-hmm. if you're on a wild card what are you looking for what, what would players and teams are you looking to target well, Manchester City likely to double in 26 with two home fixtures at the Etihad, one against West Ham and the other against Wolverhampton or Southampton. Uh, so that's triple City on a wild card. What we want to look for is what does City's defense health-wise and rotation-wise look like against Everton at the 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 back end of game week 24. If Ruben yeah. Diaz is back in that starting 11 and looks fit and healthy, then Ruben Diaz is the first name in my team sheet. Um, Gundogan is, could possibly be a harder one to judge fitness-wise if he's not on the team sheet. Yep. Um, but uh, any way you slice it, you need to find three City players to fit into your squad. <clears throat> Aston Villa, I M- Martinez, I don't even care Like when you're wildcarding, what doubles are happening. Emmy Martinez is having a Yaya Torre season. I don't care that he plays in goal. He might as well be playing the role <laughs> that Yaya Torre was playing during yeah. the Yaya Torre season. So yeah. um, just get it and and don't ask me any questions about it. And as I said, Matt Target is the other piece of that Aston Villa defense, and he is filling a Justin shape hole in my life. So I, I'm going double Aston Villa defense yeah. on a wild card. Then that question yeah. is, I kind of feel like you want a third – Villa player as well until you go Grealish or Watkins. And I think triple Villa Martinez target Grealish feels great to me on a wild card. I, I think Brandon, you and I are both in a position where we have a lot of players that double up in game week 26 and playing game week 29, which I think is, you know, in game week 26, we think there's gonna be a ton of double you know teams that play twice in game week 29. There's just a handful of teams that play at all. So if you're, you know, if you don't have that kind of coverage, I think that would be a reason to wild card. And if you are wild carding, that's that's what I would focus on. I would focus on Tottenham. I would focus on Aston Villa, and I would focus on um, Leeds. Leeds, yeah, and Leeds because that covers you for game week twenty five, where they play twice. It yeah. covers you for game week twenty nine. Right. And even if you're bench boosting in game week twenty six, I think it's fine to have two or three Leeds players um, because they're just they're they're pretty good even in a single game week, right? And they play Aston Villa at home. It's not a terrible fixture for them. Spurs are the elephant in the room. We were talking about Andrew's question about the top four teams at the end of the season. And, you know, those usually represent some of the better FPL assets in the game. However, that means we didn't talk about Harry Kane and Hungman's son, who have kind of been lords of this season and the the fantasy game. And I think if I'm on a wild card, that's a huge decision I have to make. And I think that I would 
go for it and get both Sun and Kane on the wild card. Their likely double in uh, game week 26 would be home Burnley away Fulham or home home Southampton. Two yeah. great fixtures. So um, Spurs, Spurs, yeah, big, big one to consider on the wild card. Yeah, I think I think uh, what you do with Liverpool is is interesting too. Uh, you know, they play Sheffield United and Chelsea, but they're obviously just in in a really tough spot. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Drabin Osala, but I mean, to me, I mean, he's got what four goals in his last five matches. Um, I mean, he he continues to score, whether they're pens, whether they're you know, I mean, he scored a beautiful goal. I mean, it's so interesting how the last fifteen minutes of that Leicester game just completely changed the narrative, right? I mean, if Liverpool win that match one nil, yeah. which it looked like they were cruising and on their way yeah. to doing, the whole everything we're saying is so different right now. And so, yeah, we're um, talking about is Bobby Firmino back for real this time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what yeah, an assist! Exactly, that was. beautiful, and the the goal was was beautiful too, and yeah. uh-huh. a lot of a lot of good goals this weekend. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I mean. Nothing, nothing beats that Gundogan goal from Ederson. That's just like chef's <laughs> yeah. kiss. Uh, but I think I don't know that I would actually double up with Spurs uh, in 26. And I, there's this like kind of momentum built around a Kane triple captain, maybe that I've seen a lot of people talk about. And I, I just don't know that I trust this team. The you know, ten weeks ago, I felt pretty confident that you know you get them both, and they're going to get returns all the time. And yeah, they they did at home to West Brom, but do I trust them to do that? I mean, Burnley is going to be a tough match, right? And and if they play away to Fulham, that that is no longer an easy <laughs> match true. either. You know, it's true. You have yeah. to think about to the calendar of um, Jose Mourinho locker room revolt. It happens at every club, and mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, team rebelling against Jose timetable has moved up. Like, yeah. It's it's accelerating given recent events. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of yeah. you kind of and actually it's it's interesting. Spurs seem like the the squad least likely of the squads that Jose's had over the years. Like that the his Madrid squad or his Chelsea squad, full of those personalities that yeah um, were likely to conspire. You wonder if if the if if players like Son and Kane are are of that type. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. You kind of. They're a mixed bag right now. They are, and it's it. You know, there's just no They're no good, other midfielders have stepped up. Those Son and Kane are good, yes, and and Gareth Bale almost uh, scored too. That was like a. It's like where did that come from all year, yeah, right? It's like yeah. he's. It's like it was the second time this year where he has he's had a good run. Like, he like, like literally like ran with the ball and yeah. you're like, Oh, like maybe he's back. Didn't yeah. score in either of them. That, that one was yeah. a delight for Ederson owners because that, that put Ederson on three saves and oh, you know, nice. um, <laughs> I was high-fiving <laughs> invisible list. people in my living room. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, what's nice about the doubles is there's a couple teams you can just safely avoid. I mean, maybe, maybe Fulham now you consider Areola as a, as a keeper. Uh, just because he's so cheap and um, could free up some money elsewhere, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting in hindsight. I mean, I don't. I, I still think I'm okay going Pope over Ariola, but um, that Fulham. I was just really impressed with the Fulham defense today. I mean, whether whether Everton retired from the FA Cup or not, they really played played extremely well. I mean, they were just intercepting everything. There was just no way for Fulham to for Everton to string together, you know, any passes. So, yeah. um, so I would maybe consider, you know, um, Ariola. I don't know about their defenders. Um, and then, well, let me put it this way, yeah. just, just to, to, um, contextualize that. So I was big upping Emmy Martinez as I do every week. 
um, yeah. despite not having owned him a single week this season. But um, you could say the triple for Aston Villa, because they're likely to play in 29. You could just go Watkins Grealish target as their triple to leave an opening for Areola and Fulham in goal. And that's, I think, something you need to think about uh, teams where you can you can have players in different positions where Fulham, while they're on the up, there are players in Fulham that just don't really work fantasy wise apart from Areola in goal. So then who do you give up? Maybe you give up Martinez so that you can triple closer to the front of. Don't see that. That's overthinking it because Martinez is just too good. I I think that he is, he has to be the first player in a wild card in my opinion. Well, you just made the case for Areola. Oh, for like a bench boost. Sorry. Uh, oh, I, 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 okay. I yeah, see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, I meant like if you're, yeah. This is this is what this is the problem with chip talk is that you you get into these like uh, your brain starts to like think about what you would do, you know, uh-huh. and it's not necessarily what anybody <laughs> listening. So it just, it just sort of depends on your and your situation. But I I think that Martinez is um, he's the keeper that I want for. Um, I mean, long term, I, I, you know, I just think that he, the, the, Aston, love Aston Villa have, no, I'm not going to give him the curse of Josh's love, <laughs> but uh, he's got, you know, they have a couple of fixtures to make up still. Um, and so he's kind of set up well for that. And even when they concede, he gets bonus points, right? Like yep. he's just, you know, so it's just like, he's like the safest player in the game. And so I think that on a wild card, I am, I would 100% have, have Martinez. And then, uh, yeah, if you're not bench boosting, then I guess that does take Ariola off the table, but um you know, maybe maybe you bring. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you need a do you need a second keeper? Do you need to rotate keepers? It's like I feels no. like that's over, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it is over, right? Because we've we've already seen it this year. It's like just get get Martinez and just and just play him every weekend. That's, what about Lester fun. on a wild card, Josh? So they yeah. they could potentially double in twenty six with Arsenal home, Burnley away, followed by Brighton in game week twenty seven and Sheffield United in twenty eight. Yes, they'll. Blank yeah. in game week twenty nine, but they're in form. Yeah, I think that they're they're uh, a team to think about. I, to be honest, I just don't have like a read on them. Um, you know, I mean, I had I had Vardy for the double uh, in nineteen or eighteen or whatever that double game week was, and uh, and it you know kind of blew up my face. And so now I'm like I'm a little gun shy, you know, yeah. and and I, I worry about Harvey Barnes, who is not always a consistent starter in that side, and. Uh, Madison, I'm just not as big a fan of as some people are. So for me, it's like, I'm just kind of, um, I, I don't know, like me. And then with Justin out too, does that hurt the defense? So, um, I, I think it's very possible. I don't have any Lester players in the double. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we, I mean, we could go on like talking about all these teams, but I think, sure. I think the general, the general feeling is if you're wild carding or reshaping your team, in game week 25 with a look at doubles in 26 and the blanks in 29 it's make sure you're tripled on villa and Leeds, and think long and hard about your uh spurs and potentially fulham uh, uh buy-in i think that's i think that's right and i'm, I'm maybe a little less bullish on on spurs that's it. That's the pod. Uh, it feels abrupt mm-hmm. to say that. We, we didn't go on quite as long as we normally do, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things to come. And so I think that, uh, you know, we'll cover all of the double game week matches on this week's Patreon pod. So if you mm-hmm. would like to support the cheaters and get access to our second podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. It's also just a way to say thanks and, uh, and support what we do, uh, putting out this weekly podcast. So Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? 
Yeah, special shout out to our producer, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T. The Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, and the future me- and the future media group, FPL. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media wherever you get your social media. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Visit our website for all this information and more. It's alwayscheating.com. All right. Good luck the rest of this game week. Talk to you soon. Poku forever. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.